0: This is the Running
1: Publix Training Tuesday. Training Tuesday is where we talk about training only. One topic, we dive deep, we explore it completely. It's training, it's Tuesday.
0: Training Tuesday. Tuesday,
1: Tuesday, Tuesday. Kirk, I I got back on Strava this week. Made some some recommitments to, to, to seeking overall volume rather than banging my head against the wall trying to get running back up. So I've been hopping on the bike and everything, but... The purpose of me saying this is that I saw some some tasty, juicy Strava highlights when I got on there. You put you put down a run that had some crowns on it.
0: Yeah. Yes, I yes I did, Bracken. Thanks for noticing. I'm blushing over here. You deserve
1: it. What is it, 20 miles?
0: No, I went 17, 17 and a half miles this weekend.
1: With how many crowns? Five? Six crowns, Bracken. Six crowns. Seventeen miles, six crowns. Was that just a steady run, or were you? Is this a long <laughs> interval
0: session? I would say it was a, it was a uh, hodgepodge. Uh, we'll call it a fart lick of sorts. Okay. It was. Uh, I know a segment's coming up, so uh, I'll hustle here and then go back into like a steady run pace in between. Um, I feel kind of bad though, because not bad, but so I run out at Afton Alps, which is you know it's almost it's the Alps of Minnesota. We got like two hundred fifty foot climbs there, brack, and it's unbelievable. Whew.
1: You yes. lightheaded at the top.
0: Exactly. Talk, yes, oxygen deprivation up there. But uh, Justin Grunewald, who is a former guest of ours, uh, and a very accomplished runner, has like pretty much all the crowns out there. Um, and so when you take a crown out at Afton, you take it basically from Justin. So <laughs> I got a message from Justin on Saturday afternoon saying he was getting far too many uh-oh emails. Six is a lot to get. I know. I just couldn't help myself Bracken. and I wanted to do work hard that day and I didn't have a particular workout to do because of this time of year and where we're at and everything and that excited me it was important to be excited about my run so uh the segments were like two to six minutes but there's like I don't know 12 to 1500 people per segment men So it's like a lot of people are hitting these trails so it was uh it was a big deal yeah it was it was a big deal it
1: was a pretty big deal you know if you get nothing else out of this quarantine you have those six crowns and Justin, Justin if you haven't listened to his interview, he's a really interesting guy, not only a stud runner but interesting guy, great story. Go back and check out the Justin Grunwald interview. Was that number like
0: 3 or 4 that we did? Yeah, it was one of our early ones. Yeah, he's yeah. uh and he's on the front lines right now dealing with COVID in the hospitals. Yes, he is. Because well, he's a physician. So he's uh yeah, he's uh, hustling. In fact, Justin went out and ran a 40-mile FKT yesterday. He chases a crown like a big one every week. And in the Midwest here, we don't really have mountains. So he goes and picks a trail, picks something within, you know, six hours driving distance. And yesterday happened to be uh 637 pace for 41 miles, I think is what it took. On a trail. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> freaking, freaking dude. Yeah. Yeah, go back,
1: check that episode out and uh learn a little bit about Justin and the Brave Leg Gabe Foundation. But Kirk, I part of me doesn't like you because I received three uh oh emails this, this year alone. Oh, um, so, so I have some animosity towards people who who are, <laughs> are sending those out to people. For, for people who aren't on Strava or part of chasing crowns, if you've never had a crown, when you get a crown, it means you're the fastest overall on that GPS segment and it's your crown. But when someone beats it, you get an email from Strava that says, uh-oh, so-and-so just stole your crown. And I received three that so far in 2020, two of them were in Spain. I got two crowns when I was over there visiting my sister last year mm-hmm. and I, I, I'm not getting that back.
0: Mm-mm.
1: It's gone. It's gone. Ah, that's, it was such a heartbreaker to realize I can't just like head out this weekend and get those crowns back. And then the third I got this week uh, in Lake Geneva, there's the Lakeshore path. It it runs all the way around mm-hmm. Lake Geneva. It's 21. Point, like three miles and someone stole a section of it. And I looked, I'm like, man, it, it just wasn't that fast. It was like, pace that the guy ran to beat my crown. I'm like, how did I get this? I looked, he had done like a four mile tempo. I'm like,
0: geez, (laughs) I looked back. You done a 20 mile run. I did a 21 mile (laughs) run.
1: (laughs) Oh, come on. Your crown should have an asterisk because I did mine on a, on a long run day.
0: You know, I got, so I took, I gave, I sent out six emails to people this week, mostly Justin, but I received three uh-oh emails this week. Myself. Really? Yeah. So see, I guess I'm getting it on the backside. This dude, I don't know who he is. This was not our plan to go on a tangent on this, by the way, guys, but, uh, I have a bike path by my house and I bet you a lot of you deal with this shit and people put their fucking watch on run and then they ride their bike and they're out you there. You need to message Lisa. She, is, this is her It's my, oh, <laughs> her crusade my in life. Them.
1: Her crusade in life is to go on and flag those
0: and Strava will take care of it. Dude, those people should rot in hell. I don't care. And it's like somebody who's probably doesn't even know how to use their watch. Anyways, so once in a while my segment, somebody's running like 250-mile pace Mm -hmm. and blows my segment away. And it makes me want to go to their house and knock their mailbox. But anyways, I got got it. Here's my worst. (laughs) I'm not done yet. I got two (laughs) uh emails from this damn bike path yesterday. And I said, "Oh, I'm gonna go troll this person because I just can't help myself." And I looked. Fucking run was legit, bracken. Somebody, <laughs> uh-huh. somebody, I mean, it just hurt my feelings because I own all the trails around here. And and this guy went out for a like ten mile tempo. Guy runs like hundred mile weeks. So I don't know where he came from. I don't know where he lives. And he threw down like 5:20 pace for like eight miles in the middle of his run. And it's legit. I lost. I lost two crowns because of this guy. And then the other one happened out in Canmore, Cal uh, Alberta, Canada. Going up, uh, one of the uh, major climbs like Ha Ling or something, and I'm never going to get that back. So I feel you. Uh, that's rough. What about yours?
1: I lost what crown one time to this this lady. <laughs> I, I stravis doctor afterwards. Always. I, I had this section of road where I do interval work on and tempo work and I had like three crowns on that. And she went into the state park and did like 2.8 miles at 13 minute mile pace, forgot to turn her watch off, got in her car and drove home. <laughs> she hit the, she hit every segment on that road along the way in her car. So I was getting like 39 second mile, <laughs> she, she got that. So that, that was, I, no one can get that ever again until it gets flagged. You're not breaking 39 seconds in that mile.
0: I don't even know if they pay attention. I've flagged or I've I've like wrote in a comment on something and then nothing ever happens and I still don't ever have the crown back. So I don't, you flag I don't
1: know it. Now, Lisa flags them all the time because she she's serious about her crowns. And if she, if she goes on and flags it, like actually flag this one, um, it's, it's pretty responsive. They look into it.
0: It is. All right. Yeah. It's good to know. Yeah. Commenting
1: doesn't get it done, but flagging it gets the work done.
0: I can't flag these legit FKTs on my bike path by my house because they were legit. That's the uh, worst part about it.
1: Well, we didn't plan this. This is the this is the perfect segue into today's today's topic.
0: <laughs> is it okay? Yeah. Lead us
1: in. Time trialing. Yeah. 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 So so today's today's training Tuesday topic is time trialing. What it is, why it's so important, how to determine what time trials you should be doing as an athlete. And Strava is like the ultimate time trialer's weapon. So Kirk. Good good job. Out of nowhere, you pulled out the perfect intro to this episode.
0: Per- planned. It was planned. It was planned. Yeah, right now we're still a little bit in our gray area as far as we don't know when we're racing again. It's hard to keep, you know, keep the throttle down with your training. And so right now we mowed over a number of topics to talk about today. And and the one thing that I'm starting to prescribe my athletes and the one thing that I'm prescribing now for myself coming up are time trials. One to keep me accountable. Two to keep me motivated three to give me something to look forward to and simultaneously dread, which is how it goes. And then four, uh, to gauge where my fitness is at. So I think right now, especially considering we still don't know when we're racing necessarily. Again, uh, now's the time that these should definitely be in your program.
1: I a hundred percent agree. And I will also say that this is not just an, an off season quarantine tool. This is all year round any year time trials, I think are the single greatest way to stay race ready. Both physically and mentally. And it's the greatest way to know if your training is going in the right direction. I actually did a, a phone call. I did a, a consultation with an athlete who um, wanted to pick my brain on some topics. And we talked about this very thing like, he likes big builds, but he didn't like the idea of going 16 weeks into his race without knowing if he had built correctly. And we talked yeah. about the concept of finish every microcycle with a time trial and then you have real-time data on which direction you're going.
0: Yeah. Um, before we jump into time trial specifics and what time trials we might recommend that you do and and why, I want to know, um, Bracken, when do you program them into uh, your periodization? Like how how do you decide when uh, doing a time trial is a good idea?
1: Minimum, I like to do it at the beginning and end of each block of training. Okay. And how long is a
0: block of training?
1: Uh, I mean, it, Minimum, I generally don't do a block that's shorter than six to eight weeks.
0: Yeah, okay, I agree.
1: Um, It can be as, I don't like to go longer than like 12 weeks without a time trial, but six to eight weeks, six to nine is is what I like to do. One at the beginning, one at the end. Then you don't have to do one in the middle uh, unless you really want to. There's nothing wrong with doing in the middle if that keeps you mentally engaged or if you really want to see a fitness check, but sometimes I like going six interrupted uninterrupted weeks of training and then get a big payoff in a time trial.
0: So do you feel like do you feel like doing those time trials early in a training cycle are almost sacrificial and you plan on knowing that they're not going to be you're not going to be proud of them? It's almost like you've got to bite the bullet on those first time trials and swallow your pride a little so that you can reap rewards later. Or do you feel like like it serves more of a purpose than just a baseline?
1: Uh, both, I, I do. I kind of look forward. I look forward to biting the bullet on certain time trials, knowing like this is really going to suck, and it's going to illuminate some big flaws that I'm going to fix. But it's going to be so rewarding at the end of my block of training how much better I am. But then the other part is that sometimes I just choose different time trials. Like I think it's real easy to start out a block like we're not getting to specifics right now, but with a one mile time trial or something short and sweet where I can get all the pacing data I need for my block of training without having to go out there and just like hurt for 30 minutes and be exposed on stuff that maybe I don't need a mental setback. So I just do something short and sweet.
0: Yeah. I think something that people battle with, and this is something I battle with too, as far as the time trial goes, is in that early phase of your training cycle, whether you're just coming back from injury or you've taken a break and now you're rebuilding back up your training and then saying, all right, I, have, I should time trial to get some baseline numbers, but I know I'm not at my best. And that's when a lot of people skirt the time trials. They say, well, that's let me get in shape and then I'll time trial. And, and I'm guilty of that. I bet you You're guilty of that in some regard, maybe not. And other people are too. Why would I time trial when I don't know, I I know I can be in better shape, but that's sort of the point, isn't it? The point is to establish baseline markers. And the point is to then gauge progress and also gauge pacing and efforts on some of those workouts coming up. It's like a reality check of where you're at right now. Um, How do you look at that then? Because time trialing, when you know you're not completely ready for it, can be a little bit disconcerting.
1: Yeah, and I think, and I, and I, hundred percent get that, and I've seen that with you know all these people we work with. But I'm a little different, I guess. Like there's some sick part of me that I look forward to that the exposing time trial because I know the payoffs coming. Mm-hmm. I don't mind t- taking a taking a hit early because I go in knowing like, well, this is gonna suck. <laughs> and i, I I'm dreading getting out the door. Lisa's like, yeah, just go do it. <laughs> I, mm-hmm. I know this routine with you. Just go out and do it, and and then I come back, and I'm usually kind of invigorated by it. Like it's either not as bad as I thought it was going to be, or I'm like, wow, I'm way off this marker where I thought I'd be. And I still, and I still have good fitness other in other places. So I know like, I just bring this marker up and now I'm really going to be sitting pretty. So I always have a pretty decent mentality about time trials for whatever reason, but a lot of people don't. And yeah, you just have to say. I'm, I'm going to take this hit now because it's going to be so much better later. There's no medical testing or scientific testing known to man where they don't take baseline results. And so no. just look at it like a clinical study. This <laughs> We're not using this to be impressed. We're using this as a number. Yeah. And later on, we'll be impressed.
0: Your initial uh, time trial is like the control group and yep. then your next time trials are, are uh, the result of what you've been doing. So I agree with that. I just thought that was something worth touching on because that crosses my mind every time early in a training cycle, especially when I've come back from injury and I'm like, man, I am. I know that I'm not close to where I need to be. But those are, those are important times. And when it comes full circle at the end of a training cycle, guys, um, the accomplishment you can feel. And then all of those hard workouts, all of that, you know, trials and tribulations of a training cycle and getting up early when you're tired and doing this, like when you hit those time trials and you have a comparative and you can see that it worked, like then you don't doubt the process. At least Mm -hmm. I have. Yeah.
1: you're, You're right about that. And there's one more piece to note that I think is important is that early, especially early on, on time trials, it's more important to have a little left in the tank than to come up way short and blow up. Because then you do not get any sort of useful data and you set yourself back mentally. So kind of to mitigate those mental damages, I set a limiter both for myself or for athletes in the first half of a time trial when you're not in your good fitness so that you can work harder in the second half, finish thinking, well, even if my time wasn't great, I know I was working hard at the end. I felt good through the end. And I know that if I just did that again next week, I'd already be faster. So mm-hmm. a little bit of a rev limiter early on in the first stage of training will will
0: lead to maybe
1: a little bit less of that mental letdown if you don't have a great number.
0: Yeah, instead of uh, just hanging on for dear life the second half of the time trial, which is one of the worst feelings in the entire world. Yeah. Um, when I do a, a time trials for myself and I assign them, as much as I care about the end result, which is obviously the most important, just behind that is if you're a 5K time trial and I need to see those mile splits and I need to see how you're trending. If it's a mile time trial, I need to see your quarter mile splits, how you trended because that that data along the way says as much about your real potential as the end result. Yeah. And, and a lot of people do go out way too hot in those first ones and it's a it's an ugly, ugly slope.
1: It's important to go in with the right strategy for a time trial. And when I'm starting a block or an athlete starting a block, it's always the same advice. It is choose the pace that you know without a doubt you can keep and finish all the way through today. So let's say you're doing a mile time trial and, and let's say this lady knows she can run six flat. She knows that no matter what. Her first lap has to be 90 seconds. a six flat mm-hmm. pace. And then Once she gets through the first lap, then she can start adjusting. But what that guarantees is that you don't get out too hot and blow up. Because no one wants to see 70, 75, 90, two minutes. (laughs) That doesn't tell me a thing. But going 90, 90, 85, 80 and saying, hey, I think that was like a 90% effort. I could have closed harder. That at least tells us, okay. Maybe you ran 545 today, but you definitely had a 535 in you if you get out hot rather than saying, I ran 712, but my second half mile was four minutes slower than my first. Like, (laughs) you can't do anything with that data.
0: Yeah, that's that's garbage data. You see that a lot in newbies too, though, people who don't know their body that well yet. When you're a tenured runner, you're going to see more even splits, no matter how bad the time trial necessarily goes. At least that's what I've noticed. But that's, it's also part of the learning curve. Like if you're one of those who have time trial and completely blown up, uh, if you're, especially if you're newer to running, like you can give yourself a, a free pass on that one, but you should learn it over time. But um, so when we talk time trials, okay, Again, I think now is the, as good of a time as we've ever had for time trialing, given everything. Um, I want to talk quick about staying sharp and why the time trial is important for that. And again, we're going to get into specifics of what time trials we recommend, how to, you know, how to place them into your schedule and all that. But I think there's a big thing to say about staying sharp. And just like you'd mentioned, your athletes said they didn't want to go 16 weeks in their build and not test things along the way, not hurt uh, in, in a race type way. Um, We've mentioned this on previous podcasts, but if nothing else is reason to time trial, it is to remind yourself of the sting of working that hard. And there's something that you can't even, it's almost an intangible, but it's something we need to address. Uh, How do you look at that, Bracken? I look at it like the human
1: body and the human mind have this weird relationship where over time, our mind starts lying to our body about how miserable something was. You see it with women in childbirth. They get done like, I will never do this again. And a couple of weeks, a couple of months later, like, hey, no, it wasn't that bad. I could have another baby. And yep. that that's how you get <laughs> through things in life because your mind tricks you. It's the same thing with races. You get done with a race and all you can think about was how awful that felt. And then after a while, you start glamorizing the glamorous parts and you kind of get desensitized to the awful parts. And you just think of how awesome the course is and how much fun it is to talk about afterwards. And you forget how much it hurt. And yep. for some people that's really good, but oftentimes you get into a race and you get punched in the face with that intense sting of hurt and it can it can negatively impact your race. Where if you're yeah. time trialing and you are hurting on a semi-regular basis, there's no surprise on race day, but you get the benefit of suddenly having people around you for the first time and you get that that chemical boost of having people to chase and chase you and now it's easier than time trialing.
0: Yeah, that, that type two fun that we all uh, chase in this sport, isn't it, And I feel that way every year after Tahoe. I'm like, Jesus, man, that, is, that was just terrible. I'm never doing that again. And a week later, I'm so pumped that I'm already thinking about next year. It's exactly how it goes. Um, and you're exactly right. As far as staying sharp, staying mentally acute, staying ready, your body can't handle a stressor like a race to its best if it hasn't been exposed to that feeling, and your mind as well, if, unless it's been exposed to that feeling in training. And those are that's training basics 101. Expose your body to stressors that it's going to feel or see in a race, and so that when that time comes, you can perform like you'd like. You can choose your body's effort and the result. And so for that reason alone, uh, time trialing is very important. And I notice when I time trial, when I look back on years and years of training, Bracken, Um, My highlights, the things that still jump out about helping me understand where I was at in that moment is all of my damn time trials. Looking back on all of my training and all the logs I've kept, that's been the biggest uh, invaluable perspective when I look back, uh, more so than workouts, more so than anything. And then I can gauge future training based on on results of time trials and what led to that as well. So um, they actually end up being like the centerpiece of a lot of working parts moving forward once you've done the time trial uh, for years to come sometimes. I still compare myself to a, a 5K time trial I did in the summer of 2017 where I ran a road race in 1541 all by myself, and I was not even thinking I'd run 1630. And I ran almost a minute faster. And then I go, okay, what was I doing? How did this work? Where's my comparative? So anyways, uh, point being is like, I think if you are one of those people who put off the time trial, uh, now's the time to kind of put on your big boy or big girl pants, suck it up and, and get some numbers on the board. Um, you will not regret it. I, I've never regretted one, even one that hasn't gone well.
1: Yeah. And, and even if it goes terrible and you quit, that's a data point that you needed to know. If I'm, no. if I'm dropping out of time trials, it tells me everything I need to know about my current training and mental status. You don't want to find that out on race day. You want to find that out early in advance so that you can make those changes. When I'm dialed in in training, I can't wait to time trial. When I'm dreading a time trial, that's me saying, I know I'm not prepared. And you don't mm-hmm. want that to rear its head on race day.
0: Now, Bracken, Bracken, you haven't dropped out of a time trial or two in your day, have you?
1: I am embarrassed to say that I have dropped out of my share of 5k time trials. It's the uh-huh. only time trial I ever have
0: dropped out of. So I, I laid you up there in a sense, because it's, I just want you to know this isn't an easy thing and it's okay if there's some dread or it's okay if there's a little bit of like, ah, fuck, I got to go do this. Now, Bracken and I had come up with a system. In fact, well <laughs> That's what we have. Bracken, Bracken came up with a system. Bracken would call me in his car on the way to the track and say, Kirk, I'm going to 5K time trial and make sure I report back to you when it's done. I got to st- I gotta keep myself to it. Sometimes that's what it takes to get this shit done, people.
1: Yeah. I'd call Kirk. I'd call Mike. I'd call Brian Gawiski. And I'd say, uh, guys, you know, individually, I'd tell three different people. Sometimes just Kirk. Sometimes I'd tell three. Sometimes I'd tell five. I am time trialing tomorrow morning. And then on the way there, I'm on the way to the track. I'm time trialing. <laughs> so that during lap eight, <laughs> when the suck <laughs> has set in, I'm not like, oh, you know, I could just, I could wait till a less windy day or, you know, I'm not really, you know, I could probably, I need to poop a little bit. I should stop and restart in a week. I have five people or three people or one person who I respect and will give me a lot of crap if I don't report back with the time.
0: Is that why you're dropping out, Bracken? Because you had to poop a little? Does that crossed your mind? Has that been one that you've used in the past? <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> now I don't. I don't remember. I remember this is like two years ago or something. I don't think you've dropped out of any. It was one time you dropped out of a five k time trial that I remember, and then you had to, you went back the next week or a couple of days later, and you're like, I'm not going to be a little bitch. I'm going to do this, and then you set up your support system along the way yep. to make sure it got done. And I actually admired that. And now, uh, now that's an approach that I, I use. Like you need accountability with you.
1: It is, and and not only did I find out it benefits me now. Now, if I get a message from Kirk every time he's going to time trial, it gets me all fired up either to train or to time trial myself. So it kind of creates this network of tougher people by just putting it out there that you're going to do it. Hobie talked about that. If I put it out there that I'm going to do it, Matt Novakovich, Killian, they've all talked about this. If it's Mm -hmm. out there in the public, that's a huge amount of accountability and pressure. And some people need that to get their time trial done.
0: Yeah. It's the same thing. uh, having a race coming up and posting on your social media, like I'm in great shape. I go, I'm going there intending to win. And once you put that on paper, it's a very vulnerable thing. And it's very reflective of where you're at. And so you have nothing but to follow through with your words the best you can. And it does, it comes through with the time trial. So the, I think, I think what I'm trying to get at, and the reason I, I line my questioning this way is to let you know that you can take these as a big deal. Like these are races against yourself. This is an effort that matters. They're a big deal. It's something to just keep you accountable like I mentioned earlier. And so this isn't a casual thing where you go, i am like, I'll just kind of run hard for a mile today and see where I'm at. Like these are something you wanna take seriously. You wanna do your race morning prep for, you wanna think about before you go to bed that night, the night before, you wanna be amped up. You wanna tell your friends or your coach or your mom or your dad or whoever the hell cares. Um, because they matter. And so these are something to like really get you ready to race. And, and right now we don't have races. So um, that's, that's another reason we decided to dive into this topic today.
1: Absolutely. These are mental days as much as they are physical. And so, like, these are the days I lay out my clothes the night before. Like, I choose what I'm going to wear. Like, it's a race. I get as nervous for some of these as I do for competition. And it's Mm -hmm. the same race day morning routine where, like, oftentimes I can't stay off the toilet for for a half (laughs) hour and I'm doing my full race warm up. But, like, these things matter. It's your time to do a dry run and to make it terrible. And we touched on it a little before, but if you can time trial hard, you can race with people next to you. The hardest thing in the world is to push yourself when no one's watching and no
0: one cares. Yep. Nobody would know if you stepped off the track or stopped early and, and nobody has to know. And that's really where, you know, what do they say? What athletes do in the dark? Uh, you know, whatever is finally illuminated in the light, or whatever it is, and time trials are like the epitome of that. I butchered that quote, but you know, you know what I'm getting yeah, at there. You got the point. Uh, yeah, I got, I got the point across. So, so <laughs> go, go, go ahead, Brandon. Here's in time
1: trials. This is the time to talk about how do you choose what time trials to do. Yep, Kirk, how do you
0: choose? Because there's so many time trials we could choose from. I'm gonna say right now that there isn't a bad approach or choice here. I think one, uh, you choose. First of all, more than one time trial. By the way, I don't think there's one uh, gold standard. Um, I think you can pick multiple, and I'm going to su- we're going to suggest you pick multiple different uh, different distances or avenues. Um, but you should pick either one something that you believe is a weakness of yours that needs improving. Let's say you have all the endurance in the world, but you don't feel very quick. Maybe the mild time trial, which is the shortest time trial I recommend for an endurance athlete, should be what you should go to merely to get out of your comfort zone and gauge if you're improving your top end speed. The other way I think you should choose it is based on what excites you the most. What just gets you a little bit amped to see if you can set a PR in a new distance or something that uh, just yeah just gets, gets you jiving. So um, I would pick an area of weakness um, and focus more towards that end of the spectrum of time trialing and something that really excites you. Um, that's the, that's the first step I would look at.
1: What about you, Bracken? I I have nothing to argue with against that. I agree with that completely. And I like to have a short and a long time trial. And I like to have a fun and a miserable time trial. So I have a nine mile hilly, non tech, non very technical trail time trial that I do. It is always the same loop. Um, conditions can change, but I know like it's going to take me on this type of terrain a little under an hour. So it's that 60-minute hard time trial, and this is not something I'm good at. So, uh,
0: mm-hmm. But I
1: enjoy trails, so that's in there for my endurance. I do the mile time trial because it's good to keep my eye on how my speed is. And I also really like the 5K because I really don't like the 5K. I do the 5K time trial as a mental fitness t- day. The the one mile plus the the sixty minute tells me all I need to know about my pacing and my fitness. But I do the five k because I don't want to do the five k. And if I can get that done solo, I'm gonna get anything done.
0: So first of all, point you touched on is that you picked a route near your house, which has no real you know universal distance or elevation gain. It's not flat. It's not you know a climb. It is just undulating terrain in a loop that you have that you've chosen near where you live that you like to test your fitness as a gauge, correct? Yep. So we talk about time trialing. Uh, It doesn't have to be a standard distance. In fact, one of the things we recommend is picking something between the 20 to 60 minute range near your house preferably on race terrain. So that means get off the road, get on a trail, get on something a little more technical or something more race applicable and have that as your, like nobody in the world has that time trial except you. That is your area to gauge your fitness. Um, And I found sometimes bracket on those time trials that aren't a true measure. Like my 5K can be going average and I'm time trialing okay. But like when it comes to like putting it in place where it counts, which would be more race course type simulation, I'm popping times that my 5K might not even reflect. Mm -hmm. And that shows me that I'm still race ready because how long is a super in a Spartan race? Uh, About an hour. How long is, you know, so anyways, so I just want to touch on that. First of all, time trials do not need to be a set distance. Uh, In fact, I recommend you pick one out near your house, just like you simply a repeatable distance, a simply repeatable distance. Exactly. And then you mentioned the 5k and I don't know why I feel like I need to summarize this, but I'm just, I just feel like it's good to touch on. The 5k is one of those time trials where the sharpness of the pain that you will feel is in a zone in which you're going to need to feel it the longest out of let's say all those three time trials the mile the 5k and an hour long test the 5k puts you in that hurt locker in the more intense side of things for probably the longest and that's why that's difficult because you're sitting in a really 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 uncomfortable state for 5 to 15 minutes depending on how fast you're looking to time trial like the point where you're already ready to step off the track but you still have another five minutes to go and that kind of mental toughness that requires is, you know, you can't almost duplicate it anywhere. And then with your mile time trial, um, that's just something you just got to suck up and turn and burn and hang on for dear life. But I I think if I were to pick out one time trial where we were going to universal it, uh, the 5K I feel like is probably going to be your best general indicator of your endurance fitness at that time. Um, How do you look at that?
1: I agree. I think if I could only do one time trial ever, it would be a 5K. Yep, And I, I do these probably 50% on the track and 50% on a, a cross-country course of sorts, trail, whatever, um, the track. So I can always come back to it. Any city in America has a track. They're all 400 meters in length. You're going to get the same 12 and a half laps or 12 and a half laps or 12 and a half laps. I, there's just no variation. But the cross-country course tests a little bit more broken running. But that one test, as much as I don't like to say it, would be the one that I would always do. However, I really think that you then need to take and find at least one time trial that tests your race specific skills. So some people have a climb, Like when we were out in Colorado, there was a climb section that everyone did, you know, the Manitou incline. Everyone had that as one of their time trials. Up Manitou incline for time. Some people have a descent that that's their time trial. Some people do the treadmill challenge, 15 minutes at 15% incline for max distance. Um, Max gains another one, 60 minutes on the incline trainer for as many feet as you can get. Mm-hmm. Some people choose a OCR sim or a race sim. Um, but no matter what it is, you should have one thing that is absolutely race specific so that you make sure, all right, my speed's on point, my endurance is on point, but I also can do my race specific needs.
0: Yeah. Yep. So I think with, with this, it's, you know, I think we should, what we actually should do bracket is let's list off the time trials that, that we've incorporated or recommend, and then maybe just dissect them just a little bit more. So, Uh, Before we started recording, we kind of hashed out um, some of these, but um, we've talked about the mile time trial. We've talked about the 5K time trial and both of those time trials as well. Guys are really good at um, helping you dictate like workout pacing moving forward as well. You can base a lot of your workout intensities, paces off of your 5K or mile time trial. So those can be really good for helping program in the future as well. That's another point to them. Um, But we talked about, uh, we talked about picking a loop or a a, a course near your house in which you can duplicate. and then the other ones you mentioned, Bracken, the fifteen-fifteen test always, it's almost the, the climbing equivalent of a 5K time trial. I agree. Yeah. It's one you just can't fake. It puts you in that 15-minute realm for a good 5K or that's roughly a 5K time. Um, so the fifteen-fifteen test is fantastic. Um, and then something I want to dive into a little more, and you mentioned it there, um, is like an OCR sim, something that's repeatable. Do you have a go-to for an OCR sim time trial? They're a little trickier. I don't know if I
1: have a single go-to. I have a style I like to do that I change depending on the race terrain or the race distance. But I like to have something where I run, carry, run, climb, and maybe do repeats of that. For a a three-hour race, I might do a 90-minute time trial. For an hour race, I might do a 40-45-minute time trial. Um, I generally don't do full distance just because it's hard to go to the well that many times. But... Um, for example, uh, I might even use OCR 400s as my OCR time trial. 400 okay. meter run, 15 reps, four of them is a round, three rounds, four time.
0: Yeah, wait, with with uh, with no rest in between? Uh, with rest, but standard, okay. always the same rest. Yeah, you can add up your time for your intervals and see what that total is. Yeah, uh, that one feels like a race, if any do. Yeah, it definitely does. Uh huh. and i'll tell you what that workout which i do when it starts to become go time i'll start doing those a month or six weeks out uh i don't think i've ever that workouts never lied to me like when i've crushed that workout and then i have a race three weeks later like shit my fitness is there and i'm ready to go i've had strings where that workout hasn't necessarily gone well um, and then my race reflects that. Like if if you're going to have any reflection on a race, I really like that workout in general. I've, again, I've never outperformed that workout in a race. That workout tells me exactly where I'm at.
1: That's right. The, the mile and the five k I use for pacing and running metrics. But I have run fantastic OCR or trail races off bad five k time trials. Yep. It doesn't always. It's not a one-to-one correlation, but when those two are in place and I hit my OCR sim, I'm ready to OCR race. Uh, I have two go-to short course OCR sims that I use. The first is the Fan Bike 5K that we've yeah. talked about on here, but 800 meters of running with uh, either 20 Assault Bike Cals or 30 um, Air Bike Cals um, repeat until you hit 5K. And yeah. then the other one is it's called a uh, Strung Out Backwards Upside Down Fran. It's a basically a bastardization of the Fran CrossFit workout, but you, it's 1200 meter run and then nine, um, thrusters, nine pull-ups, 800 meter run, 15, 400 meter run, twenty one twenty one. And so Ooh. as your runs, you, which is your recovery in this get shorter, your work gets higher and it simulates having to do a lot of obstacles and in high intensity work while you're in debt already. And you always get out too hard your first 1200 meter run.
0: Mm-hmm. But
1: that one gets those two combined to have me ready for stadiums or a 3K short course or whatever it is I'm gonna do.
0: I, uh, I've never done that, but that sounds like a painful workout.
1: Mm-hmm. And then you can sub out those 2115 reps for whatever you want that's race specific. Like if thrusters and pull ups don't have any bearing on your workout, you just want compromised running, then. Weighted lunges and burpees, or wall balls and jump squats, you know, whatever you want it to be. Pick your weakness. It could be barbed wire crawl. You could do,
0: mm-hmm. you know,
1: 21 seconds, 15 seconds, and nine seconds of barbed wire, like spinning fast, and then get up and run. It doesn't matter what the metric is, as long as you can repeat it and it's relatable to your race.
0: Yep, I agree. A very simple one for you guys, and then I want to really, I want to convince our listeners that they need to start time trial. And after, after we kind of talk these specifics, and but um, not like we haven't already. But one simple one that I really enjoy, and this one's so repeatable, and you can do this uh, almost anywhere, is just the the burpee six mile. And burpee six mile is every half mile you do fifteen burpees. And you run it race effort. So per mile you're doing thirty burpees. Oh, you can't fake it, and it. It, it feels like a race feels. So all you simply do is that when you hit that first half mile, you do your 15 burpees at the mile mark, 15 burpees, mile and a half, 15. And then your last set of burpees would be at five and a half miles. So you can run out that last half mile. So I think when you do that, you end up running through, what is that? 30 per mile, six, Well, so it's 180 burpees over six miles. Um, you Again, that's one of those things you can't fake. It's a great tempo threshold uh, or race sim. Uh, the burpee six mile, man, 15 every half mile. And that one is going to start making you suffer, but it will feel just like a race does. And so I really like that simplicity. um, And it gives you a good gauge where your OCR fitness is at. That's brutal, but simple.
1: And that's Mm -hmm. really nice because you can do that anywhere you want. You can say, hey, I've got a mountain race coming up. You can do that up and down a mountain with half mile climbs and descents. You want rolling hills? Do it on rolling hills. You want it on pavement? Do it on pavement.
0: I think the biggest thing with a workout like that or the workout you talked about, like OCR 400s or anything, is that... It really teaches you pacing. It teaches you race pacing because I, I can't tell you, you know, most of us in obstacle course racing or even trail running go out too hard because we get caught up in the flow. Look at master tacticians like Atkins or A Hobie or even like a John Albin or somebody who like they know themselves well enough to know that they can keep running at a sustainable rate because they know their body well enough. And those time trials, like the burpee six mile or the OCR 400s, teach you to keep the reins dialed back slightly in the beginning. So you still have enough gusto to finish with a respectable pacing. And so if anything, these workouts teach me the most my body's capability in a race type setting. Yeah,
1: it does. You, you can't. Overcook it too early because your time trial shot and you do it a few times and you start to learn what level of burn can I maintain? And like we talked about in a past podcast, it teaches you how to transition and recover well. When you're doing that six mile burpee run or you're doing OCR 400s or the fan bike 5k, whatever it is, every time you come off that, you have to get back because you're running for time, but you learn how to suffer for 15 to 60 seconds while recovering. And that is such an invaluable skill. And it's not only OCR. Any running has broken running to it. Even track runners Mm -hmm. have to practice mid-race surges. And the ability to withstand a surge or to put a surge on someone else and keep racing is just an invaluable tool. I referenced it a lot, but we saw with the Olympic Trials Marathon, the people that weren't able to handle the broken running of the up and the downhill pounding, the uphill fatigue, downhill damage, were not able to run the second half of their race fast on the flat parts because they Mm -hmm. were too compromised. So compromised running is all across the spectrum. It's not just obstacle course racing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I noticed that right away when I first started uh, implementing OCR and compromised style workouts. Uh, how ironically all of my other run pacing and time trials started to get faster too. It was kind of a wild thing. You would never think it, but it works. It literally works every time. It makes you a better runner in period. And I'm sure we have some listeners who have never done an OCR. They're pure runners and it's compromised running. Some of you are probably out there still thinking like, what is this fluff and why I'm not, that's not doesn't apply to me because I don't do obstacle course racing. Um, I know there's a handful of you out there. Uh, you would be shocked as to how compromised running helps your pure Running the hits don't seem as heavy when you hit a hill in a road race, or the the undulating terrain doesn't seem as, as heavy when you hit that in a race, or jumping a log across a trail when you have a trail race or a run. All those hits just impact you less when you're doing compromised running, and it makes you a better pure runner. It does. So keep those so keep those time trials in. Point being is I think that's in a, they have an important place.
1: One thing I want to note is that for pacing sake, I think it's important to do both a short and a middle distance time trial. That's why I like the combo of the mile 5k so much or if you're really an endurance guy uh, like a 5k and then a 60 minute time trial because you get to see what your pace decay is like. You can go to any online running calculator and plug in your time and it predicts what an equivalent performance would be at a different distance. And for me, my mile will always be stronger than my 5k because that's my genetic makeup. But If I'm testing both, I get to see the effects of my training, how my curve is. If my curve is starting to flatten out a little bit, My stamina, my speed endurance, my endurance is all trending upwards, where if I go out and like uh, run 420 in a mile and then run 1640 in a 5K, I know I'm in trouble if I have to race longer than five or six minutes in the upcoming future because I have a pretty steep decline from my mile to my 5K. So I think it's really Mm -hmm. good benchmarks to see, A, if you don't know who you are as an athlete. Go run a mile on a five k and draw a line between the two performances. Or if you do know who you are, you get to track how you're training your weaknesses.
0: Well, tell me this: just uh, put a little a few numbers to these. So, <coughs> excuse me, when you did your uh, mile time trial last year, I think you ran like four twenty six or something like that. Is that twenty
1: five? Yeah, no yeah.
0: Splitting here. So four twenty five k. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what pacing do you think you would have been at for your five k at that time? What is the discrepancy in mile pacing? I, at that time, was
1: 1540-ish 5K shape.
0: And what pace is that? That's roughly 503 pace, 502 pace? Yeah. I'm
1: looking at forty almost 40 seconds per mile difference, and it should not be that high.
0: It should be 30. I would say 30 would be more more appropriate if you were evenly, if you were just as good at both. Maybe 25.
1: But then if I double that up to a 10K, I would be lucky not lucky. I would be happy if I broke 33 minutes in a 10K, you know, running 1630 back to back. And that is already 33 minutes is already significantly. If I can run 1540, I should be able to run 32 minutes in a 10K, Mm.
0: 3220,
1: maybe 3230. whereas I'd be happy with 33. So like the my drop off continues worse and worse as I go. My mile says I should be able to run 220, 225 in a marathon. I'd be happy to run 239 in a marathon. Yep. You know, so those kind of things show me, but there was there were times in my life where I ran uh where I ran 4:15 in a mile and ran 16:40 in a 5K. Like that's mm-hmm. a really really bad discrepancy. So th- yeah. it shows that I've improved. I've lost some top end, but I've improved the five k a bit, and that's good things to know in my training.
0: Yeah. So let's uh, let's talk. I want you to give me your four favorite time trials. I know we're going to be repeating ourselves a little bit. I'll give you mine, and then let's tell people how to do this moving forward. Like, let's give them the specifics as to when and how in the next six to ten weeks uh, as we roll into racing again. So, what are your four favorite? What are the four that you, if you only had four the rest of your life, which ones are they going to be? Well, I'd have a fifteen
1: minute and a sixty minute time trial. And I'm kind of cheating because that way I can either have my treadmill base 15 minute or I can do my track 5K. And then I'm yeah i cheating. And then 60 minute, whether that's my 60 minute loop or that's my 60 minute treadmill uphill challenge. But I like that quarter of an hour and a full hour time trial distance. So let's call it, let's call it a 5K in a, in a 60 minute time trial. Those are two of them. And then I really do like having one long one. I have a 21-mile time trial I do, and that's a weird distance of time trial, but I just can't fake that. As a fast-twitch athlete, I can't fake a 21-mile time trial, and the variance in my performance is huge based around my current training block. And then finally, um, I would probably just use my uh, either OCR 400s or that strung-out backwards upside-down France, something's nasty and stingy that I could always do, probably OCR 400s because it's so adaptable. Yeah. So those your four. Even though I just sidestepped all around that question. Go you, for it, Kurt. You,
0: you murdered that question. Um, okay. Pick one. Let's narrow it down.
1: Um, just to gauge your, your general... 5K fitness, time trial.
0: 5K time trial. That's still the gold standard, right?
1: Yeah. And because mentally I need that. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? Give me your four and then choose one.
0: My four is simple. Uh, the mile time trial, which you didn't mention, which actually surprises me
1: it's because I'm fast twitch in nature. I feel like I can cheat a mile. It doesn't tell me personally as much as it might
0: tell other people. So I can't cheat a mile anymore. Now in my 20s, I could. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't I'm th- almost 37. I can't cheat the shorter, faster stuff anymore. Um, and I'm noticing that start to slip out of my grasp if I don't continue to nurse it. Good. Point. So um, you're gonna notice that coming up too, I think, Bracken. Um, I'm noticing myself more turning into more an endurance athlete. In fact, Bracken in college, you know, I was an all American in the 1500 and I barely made my top seven cross country roster because I was, I was just like you, I was a short Twitch athlete or uh, fast Twitch. And now as I'm getting older, uh, it's funny to see that transition happen. I've done reverse roles. <clears throat> and now I need to stay on the horn with that sharp stuff because our sport warrants so much long endurance training that I've lost that edge. And that edge that I had back then is what made me great. And so I need to make sure I keep that. So, especially if you're feeling slow, Uh, and if you're an older athlete, 35 plus 40 plus, like keep the fire lit on that mild time trial, because it's going to help keep some of that turnover, which you will be losing as you get older. I'll
1: say this, the mild time trial is the most repeatable time trial. You could run a mild time trial every week out of a year and you wouldn't burn out.
0: Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's a good point as well. You can kind of squeeze it, throw it in anywhere in your training cycle. Um, so the mild time trial for sure, the 5k, because, um, that's just so universal and applicable for so many reasons. The fifteen-fifteen test, like Bracken mentioned, uh, it's how far you can go in 15 minutes at 15% incline. Uh, that lets me know a little bit where my underlying engine is at. Like that's an engine workout. Like it doesn't tell you much more than like, what is my capacity for work? And if that number is going well, uh, everything else is going to go well around it. Your mile, your 5k, your endurance stuff. And then for uh, just simplicity, um, I'm going to have to go with you on the OCR 400s of the OCR mile repeats, um, except I would not take rest in between. So I would, I would do four rounds. So I would do four miles of work. Um, and the exercises I use every quarter mile are 15 burpees, 20 jump squats, 20 jump lunges, and 15 hand release pushups. And I'll cycle through those every mile. And I do four rounds of that, which is going to be probably the worst experience of your life. It's going to teach you pacing. It's going to teach you how to work under distress, fatigue, and you're not going to feel any worse than that in an OCR race ever. So I would do OCR mile repeats by four with no rest in between. Again, every quarter mile split up with 15 burpees, 20 jump squats, 20 jump lunges, and 15 hand release pushups, repeat four times. When you're fit, what kind of pacing are you keeping on your fours? When I'm fit uh, for that full-time trial, we're not talking the rest, correct? Correct. Correct. If I can hold 545, 550 pace, I'm fit as shit to Which
1: is crazy because we're trying to run 5 flat to 520 on those when we get our rest. It's crazy Correct. what that cumulative fatigue
0: does. It, right. 545 pace if I'm running. I mean, think about that. I'm only hitting rhythm for 75 to 85 seconds of running and then it's broken up again. Sure, I'm keeping 520, 530 pace if I wanted for that first round or two. By the time you're on mile three or four of that time trial bracket, you are absolutely destroyed. Your heart rate doesn't dip down even below 170 while you're doing push-ups. You know, it's still staying elevated. Um, so even holding on to 545 pace, but I'll tell you what, when you get to a race, you're not gonna hit something that taxing every quarter mile and it's gonna seem uh, much more effortless. So the four mile OCR mile repeat uh, I would have to pick. Wow. And it's like the worst. I mean, it's you nobody likes it. It's terrible, but it it tells you a lot. So we got so.
1: mile, 5K treadmill challenge, and OCR four hundreds or OCR mile.
0: Yeah, but race. it'd be like a four mile OCR Eef, race. Nice. Yeah, and yep. if you only had one, what are you choosing? If I only had one, um, I'm gonna throw you for a loop on this. If I didn't have to tell people what I was what my result was. I would pick the 15-15 treadmill challenge because that workout just tells me so much about where I've had a good 5K time trial and a bad 15-15 challenge. I've had a good mile time trial and a bad 15-15. That 15-15 challenge just never lies to me. I can't fake it. I can't. That just tells me how ready I am to do a lot of work. And so I would have to pick that one.
1: That's that, That was the one I came down to with the 5K for which one I'd choose. So I'm glad you chose that.
0: Yeah, it just it tells you so much. If you haven't done the 1515 treadmill challenge, guys, um, even if you're just looking for a way to spice up like your next hard workout, that one will put you in a place about seven or eight minutes in if it's done right, in which it feels like every part of your body from your legs to your lungs and everything is like exploding from the inside. It's just like a fantastic uh, suck fest. And so you should give it a try. If you're just looking for something to do that's worth any uh, quality, that would be a good one to try if you haven't yet.
1: Yeah, that seven to eight minute mark, both of a 5k and of a treadmill challenge are just awful. But that's the point where good performances are separated from bad performances. Uh, My Mm -hmm. 5k PR came in a race where I started to crumble and give up at that point. And about two or three minutes later, I decided I'm making one more push of this. And actually, it was Hunter McIntyre Kirk who got Mm -hmm. me pushing. I was running thinking, I don't think Hunter, this is back in the day when Hunter and I were still I was, I was, he was still in an OCR and I was racing him a lot. I thought, I don't think Hunter would have cracked right here. I, I, I'm not lying. That was in my mind. And then I thought, if he were on the sideline right now, he would be telling me exactly what I was. And I thought, all right, yeah, I'll, two or three more minutes, I'm going to push. And then I got the leader in sight. And then we were a thousand from the finish. And then I could crank it down. And then I had a reason to finish. But I was so close to breaking at that eight minute point, And I PR'd that day simply by choosing not to for Mm -hmm. a little bit longer and then you're through it. But no matter which test you're doing, treadmill or 5K, get through that seven to eight minute point and then you're golden.
0: It's the halfway to three quarter point. It's always when you're halfway through your time trial till you're three quarters of the way through your time trial, whether it's a mile, a 5K, 15, 15 challenge, an hour long run. If you're doing an hour long time trial, that 30 to 45 minutes is going to be the worst 15 minutes of your week. You know, it's just, it's something about that halfway. Uh, You're already really tired and the end isn't in sight yet. And you start to play those mental games. So yeah, that's where it hits. I have a question for you. Yeah. Where do you
1: stand on using music for time trials?
0: Oh, I like that question. I've done it both ways. And the ironic thing about this Bracken is both of my recent PRs are sans music. Really? So i I mostly in music. I'm actually a podcast on all of my easy days now. It just distracts me. It's nice mm-hmm. to feel like you're part of a conversation while you're running. Um, on my hard days, I'm music, and I have been on my time trials. Uh, I would say two thirds of them in the last few years, I've chosen no music. I want to be in touch with my breathing. How my feet sound when they're hitting the ground, for example, tells me if my form is staying. I don't know though. I can't decide. I can't decide, but I know that my best efforts have come no music. What about you? Uh,
1: I don't. I'm not against it. I know a lot of people are like, "Oh, music's cheating when you run," but so is running next to someone. So like if yes. you're so if you're solo, I don't begrudge you some music or a podcast or a book on tape or audio book. I guess we don't do book on tape anymore. Yeah. But yeah. uh I run with music or or something, 90% of my runs. The times I don't are when I'm really cranking. So well, interval work, oftentimes I don't. Uh mile, no music. 5K, no music. Uh 60 minute. Probably some music, uh, that 21 mile loop. I have never run without music. <laughs> because yeah, right, right, right. I, I, the way I look at it is that when I'm in a race, the people around me take care of the extra, whatever I need to get through. If you need the right playlist to come on at mile 15 of a 20 mile time trial, give yourself that playlist. I, I don't, I don't see an issue with it, but I do think there are some times where you should go out and hurt in silence when you're looking for your mental toughness day. And for me, that's Mm -hmm. the 5K. That's my mental toughness day. I hurt in silence so I can hear my ragged breathing and Mm -hmm. everything's just, it's all little like pinpricks of torture that I have to get through.
0: You know what's interesting? I don't know if you noticed this, but when I'm having a really good run or a really good time trial or workout and my music's on, I don't even notice what's playing. In fact, there might as well be nothing. Mm-hmm. On the days that I'm struggling, I'm hanging on to every freaking beat of that song or what's happening and I'm like changing the music. I'm not satisfied with what this song has given me. And that's only on days I, I'm struggling, I'm not there. I, I don't think it even matters. On days where I'm dialed in, I'm the music is so irrelevant. It's white noise, to be honest. I, that's how I actually gauge how I'm feeling that day. Am I ready or not? If I'm ignoring my music, I know I'm having a good day and I'm ready. If I'm hanging on every word, uh, I know it might be a long one. Have you ever noticed
1: that? I've, I've done that with my threshold runs. Uh, when I do a threshold block and I'm doing, you know, six to eight mile tempos by the end of it, if I'm grooving, I'm rolling. And if I'm struggling to find the right song, I'm struggling. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's interesting. Uh, the best time 21 mile time trial I ever had I was, I actually had two in a row where this happened. I was running, I was at mile 13 one day and I was starting to struggle like, oh, I've got a long way to go. And like, it's just not fun anymore. And I don't have any pep in my step. And Mike Ferguson called and I had I had my phone in a waste pack um, so I could have music going. And I just took the call.
0: <laughs> in I a time trial? Like,
1: yeah, I was running at like, 166 heart rate at that point, I was starting to hurt. And I talked to him for like 11 minutes straight. And I didn't notice a single stride I took during those 11 minutes. And I had started now this was on a pretty technical trail. And I had dipped from like 620 pace to 650. And I was like at 6.30 by the end of our conversation, we hung up and I rolled in the rest of my run. And so the second time Lisa knew about this, and this is the kind of wife she is, she called me at what she thought was about 15 miles into the run and it worked again. I was hurting. I just listened to her, talked for like two or three minutes and she's like, all right, get going. She hung up and I just cranked out the rest of my run. And so nothing changed physically, but Mm -hmm. my mind stopped worrying and suddenly I could access like my actual potential again. And so it just showed me like how weak I was mentally that someone had to take my mind off what I was doing for my body to be able to get back to what it was supposed to do.
0: Now, would you recommend that uh, phone call approach maybe in like a mile time trial? Would that be <laughs> beneficial?
1: tell <Call laughs> you on about lap three? Test it out and see how it goes. You know, <laughs> I don't so need I don't turning think I don't a 20 miler, that's about the shortest I could go and have any amount of con- But it showed that I was running too slow if I could talk, right? Yep. Like I w- it showed that I was on the struggle bus at that time. And the second run, I was running much faster. So when Lisa called, I couldn't say much, but it was so helpful just to have my mind off what I was doing. So time trials, again, you find things out mentally. It's why you have to do it.
0: Yes, sir, you do. All right, now let's close on this, Bracken. Um, let's tell the people uh, more of the inner workings of how to, to set up their time trials, what they should do moving forward. Um, If you've been listening to us uh, in the last few weeks, um, we talked about periodizing things with this crazy season and how to go about things. Uh, We talked about if you have taken your rest yet or not, we recommend taking your rest and then restarting your build. Um, Going into like a base phase, then a tempo threshold phase, then a sharpening phase before our next races come around. We still don't know exactly when races are happening. Uh, First thing I wanna make sure you understand is time trialing still serves a purpose in all these phases. So even though you're only doing, let's say base work, which we're almost out of that phase already I'm about to shift out this week myself um, you can time trial and base phase so you can start your time trial what I would say but what I tell my athletes is I either like you to time I like you to time trial after two weeks of running under your belt after a break so um, I'm starting my third week of running this week Bracken you can hold me to it I'm going to time trial this week okay Ooh, you hear that like listeners it. I'm gonna time trial this week um, so I say throw in your first time trial two after you've had two full weeks of running under your belt that's just my personal preference. Um, that way you've acclimated a little bit. You're not just throwing a time trial at yourself after taking a whole week off of running. You still need to get some of that run economy back. Some of that biomechanic efficiency, neuromuscular adaptation, all that. So that's where I would start at first with the first time trial in a build. Um, where would you put it, bracket?
1: I time trial right at the end of base phase. I finish my oh, base phase. Okay. Yeah. I finish my base. If I'm doing real base building, I wait till the end of that. And then I'd hit my time trials. And that kicks off my next stage. And then I time trial at the end of each one. And I think what you said is important. You time trial the same in every phase. So you get to see exactly how each phase affects you. And that's one of those cool things that you might find out, hey, I'm the type of person that can run a really good 5K off a threshold block. Or I'm the type of person that I need to sharpen before I can run that. And that helps streamline your training moving forward. So I think it's important to repeat your time trials the same after every phase of training. The only one I sometimes change is the OCR sim. I change that depending on what type of race I have coming up. I'm not going to do that, that Fran workout before a beast that does tells me nothing useful.
0: Right. Um, And I would recommend you guys, if you haven't, if you've just been training and I don't mean to say just training because training in itself, the process is why kind of we all do this. um, I think you should throw in a time trial or two as soon as you can. If you've been training, you haven't been racing, um, this week or next week, put a time trial on your agenda and rip the bandaid off and get it done. I'd like, if you want to argue with me on that, send me a message. But I think if you haven't done anything that hurts like that, or gives you any real gauge of where your fitness is at, throw it in, in the next two weeks and get one done right now. Um, even if you've been training consistently for a while, I think I would just get some numbers on the board. I don't know how you feel about that, Bracken. What do you think?
1: Yeah, you got to Sooner is better. And more often is better than less often. No one ever got to a race and said, you know, damn it, I'm just too tough.
0: Yeah. (laughs) I'm just
1: too tough today. So you you the last thing you want to show up is unprepared. And your mental game has been proven over and over to be more important than your physical game. You've had all the time in the world for physical training. Make sure your mental game is on point.
0: Yep. And so let's say you do your first time trial. I like to go roughly, you know, six weeks, six plus. Um, when I'm time trialing or when I'm training, so first in my training, I'm going to build, I'm going to have two or three high volume weeks, then I'm going to take a load week, then I'll take two or three high volume weeks, take a load week, I'm going to time trial at the end of one of those D load weeks. So typically, I will time trial on like a Saturday of my load week. That way, some of the training I've done in my previous block sets in. I recover the first half of that time trial week so that my training really sinks in. I'm reaping its rewards, and then I time trial again. I'm not usually time trialing on really fatigued legs, like, oh, I had a huge training week, and now I'm in a time trial. You can do that, but I typically prescribe time trials on the delo- the back end of a d-load week or the week following a d-load week, so you've had time to absorb your hard training and actually see it pay off. And now, why don't you tell them when do you plug it in that way?
1: Exact same way. Uh, I I do it at the end of, a after a little deload week, I I'll get to the end of the block. I'll take a down week and test kind of like it's a mini, a mini taper before a race. Uh, the exception to that is generally a mile time trial because it's so short and not very damaging. I like to get that with other training. And so I'll do that maybe the week before I'll do a mile time trial, finish that up, take a little rest or, and then in the evening do a hill workout or something like that.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. You can kind of plug that mile in even like front end load. Sometimes I'll put a mile time trial in, take five or 10 full minutes rest and then go try to run eight by a quarter at the same pace. I just did my mile time trial in, which is oddly hard after a mile time trial, but just so it turns itself into a time trial workout. um, I agree. You can kind of plug that one in. Um, The one thing I would maybe steer everybody towards is if you're looking at the championship races, if you are an OCR athlete, um, we're looking probably any race that matters. We're looking at, at hill work We're we're looking at climbing, at least steady climbs or undulating terrain. If it's West Virginia or some of the later races in the mountains, um, I would, I would push you towards some sort of, uh, climbing, um, benchmark, whether you do max gain in 60 minutes or the fifteen fifteen test or a very, or a climb near your house. I would hop on that time trial soon and then retest it again, only because I'm I'm again, assuming a lot here, but that a lot of you, some of your big races that matter, the next ones are going to be in the mountains or at least involve some climbing. So I would pick one flatter time trial and I would pick one climb type time trial in the next few weeks. And I would get both of those done. And that way you can re gauge, you know, important relevant fitness when races come, come due. So I would say don't shy away from the climbing time trials as well.
1: Nope. And remember like the, The best thing we can do is be race specific as the race approaches and making sure that that time trial gets hit as one of your last huge efforts before your race, whether that's three, five, however many weeks out, you got to hit that one when your fitness is high, build your confidence and go over your last minute technical tweaks you're going to make for the race.
0: Um, This is a quick side uh, question, Bracken, but um, just popped into my head. Since you're a little banged up right now, are you time trialing in ways other than running? I I don't want to go down that rabbit hole too much. I just want to know, like, can you still time trial uh, in other ways?
1: Yep. Bike time trials. Um, I can do my stair climbing time trials. And I guess that's pretty much it right now. I'm doing bike and stair time trials.
0: Okay. And those, so you can still gauge your fitness people, even if you're a little banged up. For me, I'd use the assault bike or the rower. Uh, Both of those tell me pretty much where my engine's at. So um, what specific ones have you done?
1: Did a 50 mile bike and I'm going to do a 100 mile bike time trial coming up this Saturday.
0: The tough thing about the bike, man, is like it's so wind dependent. Yeah. When you're outside,
1: but I can just go work hard on the bike, you know. And and I've got to work hard somewhere. I can't row. I can't uh, run much. So that's that's where I work hard.
0: Do you say hundred mile bike? Time I'm gonna. Tr- I've never.
1: I'm, I've never biked a century. So I'm gonna go out and get my first hundred in. And got the new bike. Got to let her rip. And and that's gonna be that's a mental suffer day. That's a day to just stay on it.
0: How are you going to keep your butt satisfied and uh, comfortable for this whole, I mean, if you're not on a bike much and you're on for a hundred miles, that ass is going to hurt brother.
1: Yes, it is. You know, I'm going to lube up beforehand. I've got a new pair of uh, my first pair of cycling bib shorts rather than just regular shorts. Oh, yeah. And then I'm going to get to some point where I'm just going to be shifting my position every couple of minutes and out of the saddle, whenever my legs can handle it. But this wow. is, that's a bite down and finish it day. And then I've, I've done a 15 minute, uh, stair climb challenge and 60 minute uh stair climb challenge. So just getting my high end and then my tempo efforts in on the stairs.
0: Perfect. I think uh I, I knew you were time trialing in some capacity. Just wanted to get across to you guys, the listener, that uh if you can't run, there's other ways around to still gauge your fitness and keep yourself on the horn. Um what else do we have to add to this bracken? Anything we didn't cover that uh people should know? I
1: don't think we need to tell them anything other than this is your chance to use your race gear. This is not like take your road trainers out and go run a 5K. No, you get in your fast, sexy racing shoes and your racing kit and you throw down. Science tells you you have to look good to run good. That is a mm-hmm. scientifically proven fact. And also, these are the days where everything's hurting, where gear anno- will annoy you. Just like we talked about with song. The song will annoy you when you're hurting. Your shoes, your socks, your shorts, uh, anything, it's going to bug you when you're hurting. And this is your time to dial in your gear and especially your race shoes. There are shoes that you can run in for 60 minutes, but you go to start really torquing on them and racing hard and suddenly they flare something up on you. So this mm-hmm. is full race simulation day. Uh, th- these are the days where you are not allowed to do this in your normal stuff. You have got to kid up and get after it.
0: Treat it like a race. A time trial is a race, folks. There's just nobody else there. It is a race. Um, Yeah, in college, I used to, and a bunch of my teammates used to do what we call charging up our race shorts. And we would charge up our race shorts by uh, wearing them underneath our clothes the day before a race and then sleeping in them. And they just charged up. And then, so today, if I were to apply my race term, I would just, uh, I would wear my my compression gear to bed, charge them up overnight, go right into my race. You ever do that, Bracken? You ever charge up your race shorts? I like
1: that. I like to yep. put them on last minute, and they have them fresh and clean.
0: Oh uh, yeah, it works. I'm telling you. Charge right. up those favorites, Kurt. I got nothing
1: else. Any interest in a giveaway? Have people tag their time trials for us, and maybe uh, maybe give away something to to it to a good to an impressive uh, time trial.
0: Yeah, I kind of like that idea. Um, how do you want to set it up? We're discussing this. Uh, <laughs> we didn't talk talk about this beforehand, um, but I like that idea. How do you want to go about it?
1: I say make a post of your time trial, make it public, tag us and choose a guy and a gal to get a, what do you think? A month of coaching?
0: Let's do that. Free month of coaching, coach of your choice. Uh, tell us, Tell us, write us a little bit of a story in there. I don't just want to see your Strava and your time trial with tagging us. I want to hear more about how it went. Yeah, this isn't
1: Strava. put it in your story. This is a real Instagram or Facebook post where you let the world know about your time trial experience. Because someone's going to see you do it. Many people are going to see you do it. And they're going to go out and do their own. So you're going to have the ripple effect here.
0: I'm going to change this right now. And you can rebuttal me right now, Bracken. (laughs) I want the person who is going to win for both man and woman. Your time is irrelevant. What I want to see is this. I want you to proclaim it to the world on your social media the day or two days before. I am time trialing tomorrow. And then I want you to post about your time trial. I want you to say you're going to do it. To hold yourself accountable and then I want you to do it and I want to see both good because that's one way to keep uh, keep it lit I think that's the way to go about it what do you think
1: I like that take us in the before and take us in the after that way you have got you got your accountability partners and then the whole world sees how it goes and then they get out and do it themselves one guy one girl free month
0: of coaching yeah no better way to do it and then you have to do it once you put out that first post we're gonna trap you into it all right I'm putting mine out I'm doing 100 miles this weekend, either Saturday or Sunday, on the bike. 100 miles. All right. And I, oh, what should I do this week, Bracken? I said I was going to time trial. What if I... You know it's time. uh, uh, 5K time trial?
1: You know it's time.
0: (laughs) 5K time trial. 5K time trial. I'll probably go on the roads, though. Maybe on the roads. Well, 5K time trial for you folks. All right, we're doing it.
1: You got to do it, too. The bar's been set. Let's get out there and time trial.
0: All right. Hit it, folks. Oh, oh,